You're listening to the To Business CC Technology Podcast. This is Episode 1, EDI from a Business Perspective, recorded on December 11th, 2017. I'm your host, Eric Clark. Thanks for joining us today. I love getting up in the morning. I clap my hands and say, this is going to be a great day. Swick Technologies presents the To Business CC Technology Podcast, providing personal and business growth through deeper understanding. The key to this business is personal relationships. Thank you for joining today, taking time out of your schedule to add value to your day as we talk with guest Isaac Montagudo about EDI. But before we get into the interview, let's go ahead and listen to our engineered minute. Last week, Microsoft announced new options and capabilities to migrate existing VMware workloads to their Azure cloud. VMware has held a majority market share in on-premise server virtualization for a number of years, so a clear migration path from this platform is of key strategic importance for Microsoft and the other major cloud providers. Microsoft's announcement includes two key components. First, Azure Migrate is a new tool that offers tooling to map application dependencies and migrate applications as a complete unit to Azure. The second part of the announcement is the capability to run VMware workloads as is on a VMware stack inside the Azure cloud. This will allow these applications to be moved with little to no changes. This is the next step in Microsoft's strategy to enable businesses to embrace a hybrid cloud model. All right, so we're going to go ahead and welcome our guest uh, to the show. Today with us on the line, we have Isaac Montiagudo. Isaac, how are you doing today? Great. Thank you. Great. It's great to have you. Thanks for taking time to uh, be on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me, Eric. Absolutely. Well, I want to do a quick introduction here and just kind of um, cover some of the basics, your, your education, uh, the company that you're with, your position and experience. Sure. So um, on the education side, I grew up here in Wisconsin and went to University of Wisconsin. I currently work for Swift Technologies. We're a technology company that helps businesses all over the, the region and, and the country um, achieve their success goals, right, through digital transformation, through helping them do um, business in easier ways with, with their customers. Um, my position is I'm the director of technology, um, and I've been doing this for about 13 years here and have had the, the privilege to work with so many great companies over my career here. It's awesome. I like they use the word privilege because that is it's a great way to look at it. It's it's true. I feel lucky to be able to work with so many of the people that I've been able to work with. And 13 years is a very long time doing anything consistently. So um, I'm going to have a lot of fun talking to you today about our topic is going to be EDI, um, which you can correct me, but I believe it's electronic data interchange. Is that correct? That's right. Great. Well, one thing I like to do when I kick off shows is um, simply ask something that's a little bit off kilter to, to make it less formal, so to speak. And uh, that said, I, I'm curious to know, um, now that you're, you've been doing this for 13 years, um, you're the director of technology. What did you want to be when you, when you were growing up as a kid? Well, when I was 10 years old, I remember my parents bought me a, um, a Coleco Vision. Okay. Um, and a Commodore 64. It was some things that they got from, I don't know, a yard sale or something. And I found these devices so amazing. Um, and I went through the manual and ended up writing a little Pong, you know, program that I could play on my TV with my brother and what have you. I've wanted to be in technology my entire life since 
the very first time I got to touch, you know, a computer. Um, and just about every job I've had in my life, I've, I've, you know, been able to, to help with, with technology. So it's been great. That's awesome. That's not the case for a lot of people to know instantly almost what they want to be and then actually fall through with that. So, um, I imagine passion is driving you in that regard and that's great to hear. Yeah. Well, um, I guess for the, for the topic of EDI, um, kind of break that down insofar as how, how business people can relate to it. Um, as opposed to getting technical, I'd really like to hear your input on how it's relatable to, to the, the lay person. Yeah, for sure. I get to work a lot with like sales teams or, um, you know, these sorts of people that are trying to make relationships happen. Right. And, and I think a good way to look at EDI and some of the other initiatives kind of in this space is kind of as a consumer of Amazon. Right. So I think all of us, I, I know at least in my household with, you know, five children and, and a wife and a dog and lots of things going on. We use Amazon to buy a lot of things and um, they have their one button that you can push when you, you know, one click ordering, right. That, that we all know and, and love and that they have patented. Um, oftentimes I find myself choosing Amazon over somebody else who might have a slightly lower price or whatever, just because it's easier to just push that one button. I'm already set up with them. They already have my payment details. They're reliable. Everything is all in place to make it super easy for me as their customer to do business with them. Um, I see a connection with EDI there, right? That it's, if you're the business setting up EDI, one of your goals should be to make it as easy as possible for your customers to do business with you. That is a fascinating comparison that I think everyone ought to be able to relate to. It, you know, it, it, it really is a, a lot of times we it's really easy to get hung up in the technical details here. And there are a lot of different ways and systems and what have you that that one could use. But I think if you as an overarching concept, just try to break down barriers and, and create less friction um, that those business relationships can flourish. I've seen um, the, many examples where uh you know, one company was trying to win another company's business, right? They're trying to onboard somebody as, as a new customer and customer says, right? So, so customer in this case is some big corporation says, Hey, for you to do business with us, we need you to go through this vendor onboarding and, you know, put in place this EDI process with us. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've been able to grow, what was previously really manual business where they were taking orders individually or over the phone or email or what have you. And they maybe had, you know, a few tens of thousands of dollars or a few orders over the year to 10 times that much or, or even more just because they put this in place and made it easier for those buyers at that company to order from them, right. To just be able to go into their computer system, click, 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 and basically press buy. So that's that's interesting you say that um, you're taking some of the manual process out of, you know, um, processing an order one at a time, so to speak, and 
you know, it initially might sound like, oh, well, we're, you're going to eliminate some jobs. But in reality, because you're streamlining a process, you're making it so much easier for that company to scale up and grow and do more business. And and actually what's in, in fact happening is that the company is growing and, and adding way more jobs by going down that type of process. I think um, so Panera Bread that that had that kind of experience where they, they wanted to do the, uh, you know, the self-checkout uh, ahead of the line or whatever, and uh, they thought it was going to take away a lot of the jobs, but in fact, it made it so much easier that they added a lot more uh, employees on the backside. Is that correct? That's that's right. Um, all, not just the people at Panera, but analysts in the you know kind of in the world in the industry thought that adding some automation there, um, where people could walk up to the counter and order th- or walk up to one of the order machines and order themselves or order you know, from their app on their phone or what have you would have less people working at each store turned out to be the opposite. They need (laughs) more people working at each store because they're getting more orders. Right. Um, you know, in that, in that business to consumer space, I know it's not EDI, but it's the same idea. It's making it easier to do business with you as a company. And, and EDI isn't new. Is it just that we're using it in different ways now than when it came around? Well, what the it has been around for a long, long time. It's kind of an umbrella term for a, a set of standards um, for interchanging business documents. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know that it's being used um, much differently today than than it ever has. I think that it's just more widely adopted, and especially at the um, the kind of be- beginning edge of mid-market businesses is where adoption is very rapid, right? There, a lot of these companies are trying to get into the supply chains of some of the larger enterprises in, in their region or in the country, um, and they've quickly realized that they need an ERP system. They need um, uh, an EDI that can talk to their ERP system and can make these, you know, can talk to their customers ERP or their vendors ERP. Um, that's been my observation. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And you had mentioned earlier that, you know, in some cases it sounds as though, um, in order to do business with certain larger companies, organizations, um, that you ought to follow those standards so that way you can be part of that process and be invited into that supply chain. Right. So, you know, if you're involved in somebody's supply chain, you're a critical piece of their business, right? Mm-hmm. Like if they can't deliver their product, if you can't deliver your product, your customer or whoever can't deliver their product. So um, EDI is one of those tools that helps hold everybody kind of accountable and helps give you know everybody from the executives all the way down to the buyers and production managers visibility into what is going on in the ecosystem. That makes a lot of sense. Do you have any, um, any, and if you don't, that's okay, but I'm, I'm just curious if you have any specific anecdotes where you've seen some of the advantages of utilizing EDI kind of, kind of take place and take shape, um, and what some of those advantages might be. Yeah, for sure. So I think one of the big places and, and, and sometimes where a relationship starts is just standardizing pricing for a particular vendor or buyer, right? So, um, what I mean by that is there might be two, you know, let, let's just say there's there's company A that is um, trying to win the business of company B, right? And company A offers a hundred or a thousand or however many different products. Um, they create a contract with this other company. Hey, we'll sell you these 
these sets of products for these prices with these discounts and what have you, inputting all those things into um, an EDI system, right, or, or, or getting it working with one is mm-hmm. one of the critical first steps to making everything else work properly. Okay. And then so from that point, um, I, I guess some of the things that I had uncovered just trying to outline this topic, um, you know, before bringing you on as a guest was some of the things that I've, I've read and, and noticed online, it, it's improves internal communication. It reduces human error, um, you know, even reduction in inventory costs. And obviously we talked a little bit about accelerated growth through some of those B to C examples, um, is there anything that I'm missing there that that might be a big aha? Like, man, I didn't realize EDI was going to do you know X Y Z. Yeah, so you know, there, there, this is implemented in a lot of different ways, but some of the kind of next generation things that some companies are starting to do, right? So, so if we look at technology as layers, right? Like, consider okay. EDI as. Um, a communications protocol with some data transfer over it, right? And I know that's a little bit technical, but um, if you create this channel where orders and information about orders can flow over, mm-hmm. right? So imagine we have that. Um, there's some ev- some other new, more exciting and um, technologies that we can capitalize on. So I'll give you an example. Um, we can have that same information fed into a data warehouse um, or a data lake or what have you and start to analyze it and use some machine learning to try to predict some things about inventory or predict some things about orders that we may or may not get in the future. Um, It sets the foundation for you to be able to do some more advanced things. So a little bit more, I mean, I love analytics um, from a marketing side. That's my background. And I, I love looking at those kinds of things insofar as uh, how people are interacting with certain literature, white papers, website pages, things like that. And and from that, you can start to kind of pick up human patterns and behavior that, well, if they spent this much time doing this on that, so on and so forth, you can make some inferences and, and start to really serve up the things that are most appropriate. Now with this, uh, my relatability comes from the fact that you mentioned, you know, I said re- reduction in inventory costs, but one of the ways that that could potentially happen rather than just saying it sounds like um, by having EDI set up and with some analytics inside of there, you have some predictability with um, trends and things like that, where y- you can kind of um, be more proactive rather than reactive as it kind of unfolds. Yeah, you you got it. You know, an important thing in inventory is how quickly we're able to turn particular products and so forth. And there's there's a type of information that it exists in most computer systems, but it's, it's very underutilized. And it's what I refer to as temporal information, right? The okay. information about time. So I'll give you an example. Um, customer orders something and we then pick, pack and ship it, right? It, it could be anything from a widget to, a, you know, 10,000 pounds of steel or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, leaves our dock, our warehouse, whatever, and goes to customer, arrives there. A lot of times that's where sort of our data ends, right? Mm -hmm. When we have EDI and we're able to kind of tie into some pieces of another company's computer system and we can have this um, information feedback to us, um, 
we can also find out when they received it and some additional sort of points and times and things that happened um, once product was received and what have you. But just the length of time, the temporal length of time that it took for all of those things to happen, there's some valuable information in there, right? And being able to reduce it. Um, sometimes we might want to make some things longer. There, We can go after specific things that before were really kind of fuzzy and uh, impossible to see. Right? So, that, so yeah, you, you can really make the customer experience far better with a, a stronger finger on the pulse by knowing what's going on and knowing where you can make improvements and adjustments. Otherwise, you're just kind of flying blind. Yeah, to me, that's what technology is the biggest enabler for. So in terms of, um, you know, who, who's uh, attracted to EDI outside of the technical realm, um, you know, rather than a, a CIO, or maybe it is, but, you know, there's something to be said for every seat in a business, all the way up from the, the CEO to the, the CFO, that there's something within EDI that could be very attractive to those different seats. Yeah, I agree. I think that a position inside companies that could benefit from understanding this more are the sales teams. Um, you know, I've, I've talked about making it easier to buy and and therefore sell, right? Yeah. Um, the more that everybody understands kind of the capabilities that your company has to deliver and create that customer experience, especially with technology, um, the better prepared you are as a salesperson. And this can often be the difference between, um, you know, getting on somebody's authorized vendor list and actually getting a big contract. Right. And that, I mean, and that speaks to accelerate, accelerated growth, in many ways, because mm -hmm. with a contract like that, if you get if you obtain one of those, that's obviously going to going to accelerate things quite a bit. But it's also accelerating the on the macro, the, the very individualized process, allowing people to sell more and do more and become better at what they do, continuously improving. Yeah. And we, we haven't talked about um like value added networks and bands, but that's another opportunity that I think um really only the biggest companies have been able to capitalize on, but there's no reason why a mid-market company can't, right? Like, I mean, I see, I see some of them doing it. Um, a value-added network is kind of a marketplace online, right? Where um, different companies can buy from each other through this. Uh, Almost like a hub, it sounds like. Yeah, you can you can search what other people have available and uh, put your products and you know pricing for different people up there, and just you know takes away some of that friction. But the, the point is these networks exist, and if you can if you already have EDI, right, you can plug into a couple of these networks, and there might be customers that have a need for what you're selling, um, and all you got to do is sign up and be able to sell through them through this channel. Um, if I was a salesperson, it would be something that I would be looking at. Interesting. And do you think that EDI is more prevalent in certain industry verticals than others, or is that really not even a relevant question? No, it, 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 you know, where my expertise is, is in manufacturing and in the food industry, um, very prevalent in both. I mean, these are both uh, industries where things are very time sensitive, right? Like if, if something doesn't leave a dock at a certain time, we can have a spoiled product or we can have a production line that gets shut down somewhere. Um, the other place where, you know, I'm not as heavily involved, but, but our company is, is in the retail space. Um, 
ton of activity there. I imagine there are some industries where perhaps it's not as prevalent, but I know it is in, in those three. That's good to know. And it's good to talk about what you know, obviously. I'd hate to get you out of your comfort zone or anything yeah, like that. I know how that goes. <laughs> Just like EDI is outside of mine, but that's why I'm, I'm happy to talk about it with someone who knows so much. Um, and, and I'm just trying to think of, um, I guess I had in here, you know, what tends to be the catalyst to use EDI, but we kind of covered that. But as far as where can a business start, if, if someone hasn't really even heard of EDI, um, where is, you talked about getting the right pricing in place and, and getting you know, products in. How, how does someone in, a, in an organization start that process? Do they, do they go to Google and type in where to start with EDI and look for a vendor? Or do they need certain technology in, in place at their locations? Um, how do they get that ball rolling? It's, it's a great question. You know, and like, like many engineering type questions, it's a, it, it kind of depends. But, but the typical cycle that I've seen, um, somebody already has an ERP, right? So say they have something from Epicor or something from, you know, Microsoft, one of their Dynamics products, or maybe an N4 one, and they're already using that to operate, you know, some portion of their business, right? Okay. Some of the operations in their business. Um, most of those pieces of software have a package that you can buy, um, and add on to it, and you have to kind of customize it, right? It all depends on your situation um, to enable at least some EDI features. Now, there are more ways to do it than that. You could, you know, EDI is just a standard, right? It's a, yep. it's a, a specification that you could, and I've seen people do this, you could write software to just spit out an EDI document formatted the right way and you know, not to get technical here, but use an FTP or an FTPS, you know, uh, to transmit um, that document to whoever it's supposed to go to. Um, that's, you know, a, a, a way to step into it. But, you know, a, a more proper way, a way that's more sustainable and is going to cost a lot less in terms of support and what have you mm -hmm. is to buy the add-on for whatever ERP system you have. Um, if you don't have that, then there's some options that, of things that you can do over the web. You can join a van network. Um, you know, you can work with one of your VARs to create something that, that works for you. That was an awesome answer. I, it's interesting to, to think about it from a non-technical perspective. Um, and I think you've covered it really well and kind of created a very good broad understanding um of how this can benefit different businesses how do you how do you see so like here in wisconsin which is obviously where you know we're we're, we're located where swick technologies is located and, and there's some really fun things happening in our state uh, with the economy um obviously you know foxconn is is uh got their their campus that they're gonna be building out here um in the future yeah how does this, if you kind of zoom out a little bit, how, how do you see EDI playing a role in some of the, you know, businesses that are trying to be on that, the, the cutting edge of the future, so to speak? Yeah. So, you know, if, if, if you look at what Walmart did in the early half of, you know, the two thousands, right, they pushed all their, everybody in their supply chain to use a specific EDI protocol, AS2, kind of the, a little bit more modern one mm -hmm. um, so that they 
would even to, to even be able to sell to Walmart, you have to have these capabilities. Um, in our region here, I see something similar happening in the manufacturing supply chain, right? So there are like like in every region, there are some big companies and then there are other companies in their supply chains that sort of feed into them. And you mentioned Foxconn. I think if if you want to do business with Foxconn, you're going to have to have um, EDI, right? Like that's, that's, they're not going to call you up and order <laughs> uh, things from you directly. Right. Um, they're going to leverage technology to make those processes repeatable and fast and reliable. Um, and so if that's even on your radar to sell to not, not even just Foxconn, but the people that sell to Foxconn, Right, the people that are one uh, business oh, uh, removed from their supply chain, mm -hmm. um, you got to be on board. That makes a lot of sense. That's well said. Um, I think that covers the topic really well. You know, I, I don't know that there's much more that I, I think I would want you to say about it um, without without kind of belaboring the point. But um, there's some obvious benefits to EDI. If you're a forward-minded business and, and you're thinking about things um, in terms of, you know, improving your process and making it easier for your customer to do business with you. And that goes all the way up the supply chain, as you mentioned. So that's great. I, Isaac, I really appreciate you taking time to be on on the show today to talk about this. Do you have any other uh, closing comments or final thoughts about it that maybe I um, you could have covered that, that you're still thinking about? You know, I just... I with technology in general, I just always try to remind people, um, sometimes using metaphors and analogies and, you know, what have you, that mm -hmm. it's about making things easier. So if we go back to the days of like when I started working in the professional world, right, when I was 16 years old and had my first job, we used to have to send out memos, paper memos to people. And somebody had to walk around and put those in people's mailboxes and do all these things, right? And then email came along and we didn't have to do that anymore. And um, EDI is that to taking orders and a bunch of other business documents, Right. So it's not just on the order side, but it's also on the accounts receivable, accounts payable, et cetera, et cetera. It gets really deep. It's all so encompassing. It, it sure is. And um, it's one of those things that if there's just such a big opportunity to make your business more efficient and win some new business um, using it. So um, if, if somebody's looking into it, you know, I encourage them to learn some more and see where um, it could help them. That's great. And and where can people find um, Swick Technologies? Is there a, a web address that you want yeah, to share? So our website is uh, .com. Um There's definitely some articles and what have you there about EDI, and uh, it's a good place to start. That's great. Well, thanks so much, Isaac. I hope you have a great day, and uh, thanks again for taking time. Thank you very much. All right. Thank you again for tuning into this week's episode of the Two Business CC podcast powered by Swick Technologies. That's S-W-I-C-K Tech, Swick Tech. I really enjoyed Isaac's analogy of comparing EDI to Amazon's one-click buy or to buy. Um, I think that's just a great way to think about things when you talk about making it easy for your customers to do business. We hope that this episode helped add value to your day and your business. Thanks again for tuning in. Until next time. Have a great day.